Lambert. Yo, what's shaking, AC? Oh, man. Well, uh, just back from the IFA, as you are as well. And I was thinking, you know, you got this yo, what's shaking thing. And when I'm with you at the IFA walking around, everybody's like, Brewski, yo, what's shaking? Especially Jason Sunday from Purple Penguin. He, I think it's his favorite thing in the world to say. But I also noticed that people know you as the world poutine eating champion, uh, the uh, sock fairy, because you sent out a whole bunch of socks to people and they were posting them all over LinkedIn. Um, Yes, you're like the yo, what's shaking, poutine eating, sock sending kind of guy. I'm thinking, though, I wonder if there's something that might be fun for you to share that uh, people don't know about you. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that people don't actually know about me is my past um, and where I was able to build up my skill set. And that basically came from an education in or a degree in economics um, and my ability to focus all of that. I'm working in the financial industry, you know, determining the difference between a good company and a great company on both subjective and objective metrics. So, you know, crunching numbers and, and valuations, but also meeting with management and governance boards boards, and knowing that the business is being structured the right way. Awesome. Which is what I want to get into a little bit about like shareholder value and, and how you approach that and why it's important for franchisees and, and people to be thinking about. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting that somebody that, again, everybody knows is this kind of fun guy with the great hair, as you would say, <laughs> as you would say um, that, you know, people see you as that guy that, when you're usually somebody who is super into metrics and crunching numbers, you know, the, the, the stereotype of like a bean counter or an accountant isn't usually somebody that's so outgoing and friendly and fun. So it's an interesting mix. So just uh, kind of pointing that out. And when you say you spent time in the financial industry, do I remember correctly that it was like 10 years on Bay Street, which is the Canadian version of Wall Street? Yeah, it was a buy side investment management. So for lack of a better word, a hedge fund and, you know, hedge funds will buy considerable amounts of shares in a company in order to achieve a profit. And it's not just finding a company that makes money. It actually boils down to shareholder value or stakeholder value, like every franchisor should be looking for in their franchisees. You know, um, you could look at numbers all day long. And if they have a very toxic culture that makes everything fall apart, the numbers won't have any longevity or runaway. Um, but alternatively, like if you're constantly looking at the subjective things and you're not looking at numbers, especially ones that come with a margin of safety, then, you know, there may also not be a runway there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so true that um, as franchisors, you really want to help obviously maximize the franchisee shareholder value. But these days, everybody's talking about getting acquired by a portfolio company or selling directly to private equity or um, all different kind of options for exiting. So um, good thing you have that superpower. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like, what's your perspective when you said, um, and again, I'm going to think of it through the lens of let's think of a franchisee and how you help a franchisee when you say determining the difference subjectively between a good company and a great company, I think is how you worded it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think you're right that it, the focus should be on the franchisee here, because if we were going into the franchisor, there are so many additional factors to the equation that would we could sit here for hours and talking about this, right? But when you look at a franchisee, for all intents and purposes, it's almost like you're looking at a corporation, not a franchise. They're their own entity, right? Like they have their own management system 
probably the franchisee, their own governance board, maybe the franchisee's spouse, you know, that tells them what to do. And then they have their own staff and their expenses and their payrolls and things along those lines. So when it comes to the subjective value of this, a lot of that is about the team, right? Which they inherit from the franchisor, the team, the core values, how the processes are put through, how the business actually runs itself, making sure that through the due diligence process, that's all kind of ironed out, right? And presumably, if that's all ironed out and they've inherited that from a good franchisor, then the next step is to find out what the objective, where the objective value is, which usually boils down to the numbers. Okay. So, so what would be some things then, and maybe you kind of just answered this, but let's just get really kind of more, even more granular on it then. So if a franchise, if a franchisor um, determines that, that the franchisee's business is not in order or the shareholder value doesn't appear to be there, what can a franchisor do to help the franchisee to maximize shareholder value? Yeah. Okay. So typically, I, mean- well, I guess, sorry, can I just clarify? shareholder value or just value of the business for any because there might be people listening that might not put two and two together that by shareholder value we don't mean it's owned by a whole big group of like their shares we just mean the owner the person like the actual value of the company right just to clarify yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and i think this is sometimes where people like like a franchisee who's looking to sell you know or looking to grow their value sort of misunderstand this because the sh- shareholder value comes from a number of different sources and a lot of them are subjective you could say i have a list of 10,000 clients these are worth something, but it's hard to put a value on that. You know, I have a really good team, but it's hard to put a value on that. So what you start to do is you start to create objective ways to do that, which is in the numbers, right? So if you have a good team, the question is how valuable is that? Well, you could look at a metric as to how much revenue that team brings in or per person. So you know how much labor leverage your business needs, you know, or your client list. How many of those are you able to bring back as returning customers? And you put that all into a valuation. And I mean, there's some, you know, there's different opinions on this. Can you really dis? distill down the humanity of a business into numbers? Well, yeah, it's difficult. But ultimately, if somebody's going to be buying your business and paying a price in dollars, they need to know some numbers, you know? And I think oftentimes when a franchisor is trying to help their franchisee increase shareholder value, they're usually thinking about top line revenue, which is incorrect. Um, And that's because usually the franchisee is complaining about money they're getting in. They're complaining about the revenue. And from the franchisor standpoint, they're also receiving the royalty on the revenue, right? So what a lot of franchisors will do is they'll start to bring this down to EBITDA, you know, um, or I sometimes like to say EBITDA because that's how it's written. Um, <laughs> Didn't but, you once think it was like EBITDA? <laughs> I did. That's a whole other story and quite like, embarrassing. When you first learned yeah. the word back in when you were probably 14 years old or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing with financial statements as a 14-year-old. Yeah, um, absolutely. So what happens here is when you when you find your EBITDA, that's important. What's important to note is that that's the success rate of your operation, not necessarily the success rate of your company, because your company may also carry a debt load that you need to pay off. So if you're selling your business, you could present a very well operated business, but if the buyer is buying the corporation, they're also inheriting all of this debt. So now you start playing around with 
concepts like enterprise value. What's the positive, you know, your EBITDA minus what's the negative, your debt, and a number of other factors that go into that formula. Um, so a franchisor really needs to focus on increasing the EBITDA, but also reducing all of the other liabilities that come along with this. And it's not just increasing EBITDA um, to like what's standard. They need to focus on increasing it to what's above standard. Because when you do a valuation on a company, you're usually probably doing something called a discounted cash flow analysis, where you take the cash flow that you will have for the next five or 10 years, and you'll discount it to see how much it's worth today. Or your EBITDA, you're discounting that to see how much it's worth today. Now that discount rate actually has a factor in there that facts for uh, accounts for risk right so if you're in a very niche brand you may have a high risk of failure so that discount rate is going to be much huge much larger and you're going to get a reduced value so it's in the franchisor's best interest to not just increase the ebitda of their franchisees but also increase the ebitda of the entire system by potentially even adjusting the business model yeah i think this is one of your things that you like to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we lose anyone, we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Unless you have any last thoughts. Um, no, now I want to sit down and look at Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> okay. We'll let you go do that. So let's okay. wrap it up. Let's it do down. it. Okay, three, three, two, two one. one. Go, go be, be awesome. awesome.